Charlie Brown? He's doing the chop, baby! Oh, no! What is this, 1984? I just rambled for 20 minutes and deleted it. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. Hello! From the Dyer Prime Studio in Nitro, West Virginia, this is Unreasonable Down, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Off-season episode 16. I mean, what do the numbers mean anymore? This pandemic just continues and continues, and it could be yep, off-season episode 16. It could be off-season episode 130. I mean, the off-season... Always, you know, the off season for basketball really long. Off season of all sports in a pandemic. I don't have the number. I mean, things are coming back. We can talk about it. Follow me on Instagram at Unreasonable Doubt WV. Twitter, tweeting on Twitter. Find those tweets at I'm Josh Witt. Facebook, you know, Facebook page for Unreasonable Doubt. Find it. Hit the blue thumb. Follow the podcast there. Unreasonable Doubt podcast swag, t-shirts, other things. There's a link in this episode show notes. Click it. Check it out. I've got basketball stuff. In a pandemic, way far away from the season, but not far away unless there's not a season, then it's way far away. Anyways, Bob Huggins. He's had one open scholarship for this upcoming season. He's like, I got 12 guys, don't really need to spend it. Only want to find a guy that fits with the program. It's kind of like, picture Huggins as a mama chicken. And picture this open scholarship as an egg. What's in the egg? Is it nothing? Does a farmer take that egg and scramble it up? And we've all the eggs have hatched for this season. And then he lays some new eggs next year with an extra egg that can be used. Or is that egg going to hatch in 2020? And it hatched. Mama. (laughs) Mama Hen Huggins has hatched the scholarship egg. And coming out of the egg is Senny Njai. And I hope I'm saying this young man's name correctly. Senny, S-E-N-Y. Right? That's what it is. Former high school teammate of Isaiah Cottrell. He played at Huntington Prep. What do I know about Senny? He's really tall. Six foot 10, six foot 11. I don't know. Uh, Doesn't weigh a lot for six foot 10, six foot 11. He's like 200 pounds which is not a lot if you're seven feet tall, almost. Great article learning about Cinny from Skylar Callahan from Sports Illustrated. Shout out to Skylar. Got a quote from Cinny, and I love the quote. Quote, the people here show so much love. They don't have much, but they're super proud of what they do have. All right. That's a, that's a interesting perspective of West Virginia. I don't think he's far off. Another quote, quote, West Virginia is by far my favorite state, hands down. My guy, Cinny. (laughs) 
Hey, Cinny. I mean, we've never met, but it's cool. We're, we're starting on the right foot. I feel like we're going to be friends because it's funny you say that. West Virginia is by far my favorite state, too. So t- say some other things, and we're probably going to be on the same page. I'm excited about that. I'm proud. I'm proud that Cinny's on this team. Now, what else did I learn from Skyler's article? He's relatively new to basketball. He's played uh, five years of organized basketball. Now, the last guy that was on the roster that had a limited amount of basketball experience was Andrew Gordon. And Andrew Gordon's not with the program anymore. He's in Louisiana. And I think he's doing fine. But for Cinny, what does that mean? Well, he's a project. Also, we have lots of other tall guys on this team, and you've heard of them. You've heard of Derek Culver. You've heard of Oscar Shibway. You've heard of Gabe Asaboyan. You know these guys. They're going to get lots of minutes, and they deserve those. I don't know where the minutes are for Cinny. And you throw in Cottrell. I think he's going to get some minutes. So maybe because he's relatively new to basketball, that Huggins will give him a red shirt because my understanding, Cinny was kind of going back and forth. Should I spend another year in prep school and then be in the 2021 recruiting class? Not, it, it sounds very similar to Jalen Bridges situation of, ah, maybe I'll wait a year. You know what? I'll go to WVU. So if he follows the Jalen Bridges path, Huggins will redshirt him, which would be great. Uh, Huggins can put him in the, um, the Huggins, hey, he comes in skinny and now look at him program. <laughs> That's a Huggins staple, and that'd be good for Cinny. As Cinny uh, stands right now, he's super tall, as I mentioned. He would define himself as a great shot blocker, rebounder. Those are things that I like. And so the, the roster's complete. We have our 13. Welcome, Cinny, to the team. I mean, I don't, he's not in the room, and I'm not on the team. But my scouting report for Cinny, he's tall, and his favorite state is West Virginia. So get that guy a scholarship. Bob Huggins, you've done well there. Listen, can we talk about the season? <laughs> let's just get, let's get very practical here. And by practical, I mean... Can you play can you play basketball in hazmat suits? You know, from a from a fan perspective, from a viewing perspective, that would be interesting, right? As far as how well you, a any person can play basketball in a hazmat suit, I don't know. I don't think I've seen it. So let's maybe we'll find out. Maybe there won't be a season. I mean, I don't know. Do you know? You don't know. But if there's a season, Cinny's on the team. And I'm excited about that. Random thoughts coming up. Dyer Prime is the lead sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. Dyer Prime Creative Group. These guys are so creative. And... They use their creativity to help you. What kind of creative we're we talking about? Well, 
you know, you can get a t-shirt that's plain as they come. Plain t-shirts are fine, but add creativity from Dyer Prime. Logo. Whatever you want on a t-shirt, they can put it together and give it to you. Not just t-shirts. Hats. Masks. Whatever. Embroidery. Call or text them to find out more. 304-767-4445. Find them on the web at dyerprime.com. D-Y-E-R-P-R-I-M-E.com. Or find them on Facebook or Instagram at Dyer Prime. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Play your profile. The next tallest guy is up. So we started with Spencer Mackey a couple of weeks ago. The next shortest guy. Point guard. Podcaster. Junior. Jordan McCabe. Jordan McCabe. Seems like a leader of the team from the outside. Ever since he's been in the program, he's a vocal leader and carries himself as a leader of the team, which is what you want your starting point guard to be. Now let's start with the positive from last season for, for Jordan. Positives. He improved his shooting from inside the three-point line. As a freshman, he shot 29% for two-pointers. Sophomore year, bumped that up to 50%. So that's a drastic improvement, all right? Another improvement, he started games. Started almost every game as a sophomore versus his freshman year kind of coming on at the end of the season. Bob Huggins trusts Jordan McCabe at the end of game, shooting free throws. Multiple times he was in the game in close games to make clutch free throws, and he made those free throws to help WVU get wins. So that's that's a positive. Also, you look at it at the advanced defense metrics, <laughs> and it's like defensive block, box plus minus and defensive win shares, and I don't know what feeds those numbers, but when you look at those numbers as a sophomore versus a freshman, Jordan McCabe's numbers improved. So computers say Jordan got better at defense. All right, so those are the positives for jo- for Jordan McCabe's sophomore season. The negatives. Uh, almost everything else statistically, okay? And Jordan would admit this. I mean, I'm looking at numbers. Minutes per game, down. Three-point shooting, down. Like in the 20s. Assist, down. Assist turnover ratio, down. Turnover rate, turnover rate was about the same. The assists were lower. And as we recall in the 2019-2020 season, McCabe would start, but one bad move or like Huggins was watching McCabe like a hawk, it felt like. And so Jordan would start and he he would get a few minutes Maybe come back later in the first half. The second half is where Huggins really had a quick hook for McCabe, where if somebody went by him or something bad happened, not terrible, but like something where Jordan got pulled, Huggins was quick to pull the trigger. 
And so that's not good. And he would bring in Deuce McBride. So junior season, will this be a bounce back season for Jordan McCabe? I mean, other questions. Will Jordan McCabe be a starter? Or will Huggins throw Deuce McCabe into the point guard slot? Will his three-point shot improve? Because really, if if you're trusting him at, free, at the free throw line, you know he's got a good shot. Will that translate? I'm I'm guessing that Jordan McKay has been working on his on his form. Here's what I think. Here's what I think of Jordan McCabe's role. I, I one of two things will happen this season. And don't write this down. But scenario one, Jordan McCabe has a way better season than last year. Gets more minutes, plays a bigger role, and everybody on the team benefits from that. Sophomore slump turns into redemption junior season. I think that's a scenario that's in play. Another scenario is that McCabe slightly improves. Maybe gets back to the form that he had in his at the end of his freshman year. Has a similar role as last season. Starting. Maybe averaging a little more minutes, you know. And it doesn't negatively affect the team because other guys at the guard position improve. Like Taz gets better. Shot Robot gets better. Deuce McBride gets better. And so... McCabe can take a subtle jump, still be the leader of the team, improve on his shooting, and there's no negative effect, right? I guess what I'm saying is, with Jordan McCabe, it's house money. I don't think if he plateaus at what he was maybe in between his freshman and sophomore year, I don't think I think that's fine for this team. I don't think it's a negative effect. And it's house money if he if he improves and really bounces back and as all of his stats improve, then that's that's that makes his team way better. I think. All right. So those are the two main scenarios. If I was thinking about it more, I guess there's other scenarios. All right. <laughs> Possibly there could be some other scenarios that I don't want to say out loud, but I guess we're here. Another scenario is that he he continues to play worse and then transfers out of the program. And I don't think that's going to happen, but I guess there's a possibility that that could happen. Or scenario four, and this is something that I've kind of hinted around or maybe said you know, verbatim, maybe nobody plays college basketball this season. And then uh, Jordan has no statistics, like everybody else has no statistics. And um, it doesn't positively affect the team or negatively affect the team because the team doesn't play any games because of a global pandemic. So I guess that's a that's another scenario. <laughs> what am I podcasting about? If they don't play the season, I mean, what... I guess I shouldn't talk about this on the podcast, and it's very small on the scale of things uh, that are of importance in this world, but, like, what's the point? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, they're working on, they're, you know, 
I'm I'm sure it'll get better. Maybe they'll play the college basketball season in some shape or form or fashion. Just throwing out ratios. Anyways, that's <laughs> that's the player profile for Jordan McKay. Final thoughts coming up. This episode of Unreasonable Doubt is sponsored by MyFeed, James Harden. He's in the NBA bubble. You want to know what's going on with James Harden? Go to MyFeed. Check out their app on iOS or Android. Go to their website. Type in James Harden. You're going to find out what's going on with him. Updates when he's in the news. See what he's posting on social media. You don't even have to follow him. Check it out. It's MyFeed. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. This was not professional sports. I guess it was because there was a $1 million prize to the winners. But the TBT, the basketball tournament, wrapped up this week. And it was great. First of all, it had basketball. Which, if you're a basketball fan like me, you've been missing basketball. And there hasn't been any still... And, you know, since things started shutting down in March. And so this comes along and it's great. Games for 10 days straight. It was fantastic. What a fun tournament. Odd Elmore in this tournament. Odd Elmore was balling out. Draining threes. Doing this thing like he was a, um, like he was the Robin Hood of basketball. He was he was loading up a crossbow. It was dynamite. Listen, the basketball tournament. I don't know how you're going to top Ott Elmore guarding former NBA player Joe Johnson. Like, that's something that happened. Wrap your head around what I'm describing. Picture Ott Elmore, and if you didn't watch TBT... You saw him against Javon Carter and for a brief display in the WVU Marshall game a few years back in the in the NCAA tournament. Picture Ott and now picture Joe Johnson. Okay? <laughs> picture ISO Joe and Ott guarding him. The basketball tournament made that possibility happen. Did Ott end on the... Was he on the short end of that matchup? Absolutely. Because, of course, if you're picturing that in your head, you have an idea of how that goes. But for that to be a possibility, thank you, TBT. What else is in TBT? Listen, every game ends with a made shot with this Elam ending. And so it's great. There's a number, you turn the clocks off, and every game ends on a game winner. And what's not fun about that? Always exciting. And I watched multiple games where they they put the number on the scoreboard, like this is what you have to get to to win. And the team that had to make up more ground, the losing team when they when they made that number, would come back and win. And it was very exciting. Was it great hypothetically for betting purposes? No. Hypothetically, no, but it was fun to watch. That was amazing. 
the winners, the Marquette alumni team, they won a million dollars. And the gimmick there is that you get paid electronically through a gigantic smartphone. And I'm not making that up. Like, picture the giant check. You know, if you win something, you win a like a big cash prize. Throughout the course of time, that's rep- been represented by a giant check. You know, paid to the order of whoever, gigantic signature. Like, then that person's got to take that giant check. Do they take it to the bank? I'm not sure. Anyway... Now that is in 2020, now that looks like a giant cell phone and somebody actually pressing a button on the giant smartphone to send money to the players of the winning team. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is let's go in the DeLorean with the giant smartphone and give that to Ed McMahon when he's at the porch of somebody for the publisher's clearinghouse and like. <laughs> Hey, you've won one million dollars and then like Ed McMahon looking at a giant smartphone <laughs> and like Ed just just press the middle of that gigantic smartphone and it's going to give that person that's that's freaking out in the doorway is going to give him a million dollars anyway giant smartphone that's a win what else was great the sideline interviews because we're in a pandemic uh, the the sideline reporter uh, there would be a, a microphone with a long pole on it to maintain proper social distancing. I don't think she was holding it, but maybe she was. I don't remember. Anyways, that's gr- that's a great visual. It's very responsible by ESPN. They were doing everything uh, with the safety and the health of everybody involved first, which is fantastic. I guess they miss an opportunity for intentional or unintentional comedy by like moving that microphone around. You know what I mean? Like if if the microphone is on a long stick, then and there's maybe some weight to that, then definitely you could like struggle with the mic and maybe get it too close to the person you're interviewing or like move the microphone around because you're struggling holding up that thing and then maybe the interviewee is like moving their head around and in you know chasing the mic i didn't see that happen they kept the mic steady but i think that's a missed opportunity because if the microphone's in your hand i guess you could still do that too it's just not as funny as a microphone on a long stick uh wielded around and then letting the interviewee, you know, decide what they're going to do. You see what I'm saying? It's funny. Anyway, that's great. There's a big giant bracket on the wall. Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't guess it was a wall. But they're, you know, in the background, since there's no uh, fans, there's a big giant bracket. And whoever won each game got to slap their team name in the next line of the bracket signifying that they're moving on in the tournament. I don't know why there's such a uh, a joy of watching that process, but it totally is a thing. And everybody's all there's everybody's always excited about 
moving your name on in the bracket. It's just a great thing, and it should exist in everything. A NBA bubble, put the giant bracket up. And when you get to the playoffs, if you get that far, have the teams do that. Just let's just adopt that as a thing, okay? Because it's great. Started with the NCAA tournament, TBT said, that's awesome. Let's do that too. Everybody should do that. What else happened? Well, one thing in the negative. (laughs) Basketball, to me, is awesome. Basketball, after a long spell of not having basketball, particularly when that spell of not having basketball typically includes basketball. And so now we're getting basketball and you have it on the screen. I love seeing that. All right. ESPN, what they like to do when basketball comes back is that is take some of the screen that's devoted to basketball and give it to talking to another human being. And in this day and age, you're talking with them on Zoom on a grainy video feed <laughs> of somebody in their house. Now, can that be interesting on its own? Uh, probably not. Is it interesting when it's part of the screen when basketball's happening? It is not. 100% during one of the games, they took some of the screen for the people who's calling the game, who's not even on site. They're being responsible. They're in Indianapolis, I believe. They're talking to Kevin Durant's mother. That's a thing that happened during TBT. And with love and respect to Kevin Durant's mother. Why are we doing that? Why are we interviewing Kevin Durant's mother when basketball's on the screen? I guess what I'm asking is, can I just have a full screen of basketball? (laughs) They do this during the college season, too. It's like, oh, you know what? You know what this basketball game needs? The people calling the game talking to Joe Lenardi and Joe Lenardi's mug on the screen and them talking about things that don't have anything to do with the basketball game that's showing up on the screen. Now, ESPN, they know a lot more about television than I do. And what I guess they're getting feedback besides mine that's saying, hey, mix it up. People like to multitask and have different things happening. So let's talk to Joe Lenardi while the game is happening, and it really engages people. One person's opinion here in Nitro, West Virginia, stop doing that. Or, here's a, I mean, if we're in this idea of taking away from the basketball, how about this? Let's have the camera showing the game, but the camera perspective may be behind the head coach. I mean, not fully behind the head coach, but like definitely have his head covering up like a third of the screen. Right? The interview, to me, is like looking at the back of somebody's head. Okay? (laughs) ESPN, when you're showing a basketball game and interviewing somebody that takes up part of the screen, what you're basically doing is sitting in front of me in the movie theater and you have the Turd Ferguson gigantic yellow hat on. Okay? And in a skit, 
that hat is funny. If I'm trying to watch, uh, <laughs> if I'm trying to watch the new Top Gun in the theater, if we, if we ever can go to a movie theater again, it's not funny. Uh, I will definitely try to move or just leave. And I love basketball so much that I stick around, but definitely stop doing that. Because it's the same thing. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Congrats to the TBT. Congrats to the to the Marquette team. Congrats to Odd Elmore. I loved all of it. Except for that one part there at the end. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms. Or just pick one. Listen on Apple Podcasts. Listen on Spotify. Listen on, uh, listen on Pocket Cast. Listen on something called CastBox. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate the podcast five stars. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, find the stars that are empty and hit the part where it says it's five. And I think that helps the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Dow WVU for the 2020-2021 season. They're zero and zero.